Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A quiz of ice and fire. Hello there, listeners. Thanks for joining us today, and it's time for another quiz of ice and fire. I'm Lady Guinevere, and today I'm bringing you our 14th trivia quiz. This is a bonus feature unlocked by our generous patrons, so thanks to their continued support, there is no patron charge for these quiz episodes. And in Yoke Boy's absence for this episode, I'm joined by Eliana from Girls Gone Canon Cast and Maester Monthly Podcast. Hey, Eliana, thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Lady Gwyn. I'm very excited to be here today, and uh, this is our second time this week speaking with one another so much. Yes. This is exciting. Um, I w- was very happy to guest with you guys on your latest episode of Girls Gone Canon. Um, tell us a little bit about that. And Yeah. For our last episode of 2018, uh, Lady Gwyn joined us to discuss the last two A Storm of Swords chapters for Sansa. The Girls Gone Canon podcast does a POV reread. So as opposed to going in the order that the chapters are presented in each of the books, Girls Gone Canon aggregates all of the different character POVs and reads through a character storyline in that way. So we got to A Storm of Swords, Sansa 6, and Sansa 7, and we were very, very pleased to have Lady Gwyn join us to discuss Sansa's arc and the events that happened in those chapters. Yeah, it was a lot of fun joining you guys, and I actually love what you're doing because, as you know, a lot of what we do is character analysis. So the going through uh, doing the character rereads linearly is very appealing to me. So uh, hopefully everyone enjoys that episode, and uh, if you haven't already done so, uh, check out Girls Gone Canon and subscribe to them. And now if you are keeping score, it's time to get a pen and paper handy. We have 15 questions and today's topic is characters. This is our third foray into the vast pool of characters that populate A Song of Ice and Fire. And as before, we'll vary from major to minor characters and all the answers can be found in the main series. So get ready to see how many you can score. And remember, we love to hear your scores across our social media, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, and so on. Let us know how you do, and now let's get started. We're going to go over to you, Liliana, for the first question. For our first question, we have a character who is featured in A Game of Thrones uh, and served an important role in the free city of Bravos. So for half a point each, what is that person's name and what 
was their role in Bravos. Okay, so a character from a Game of Thrones. We're looking for their name and the role they played in Bravos. Question two. We are looking for the name of a fabulously rich and very well-connected character who we first meet in A Dance with Dragons and who quickly becomes a major component of Danny's marine strategy when she demands 90 days and nights of peace from him, though it will come at a price. Yes. And so we're looking for a character who is a very big part of Daenerys' dance storyline and offers peace. For our third question, we have a former lord of a storied seat in the north who is also the 997th commander of the Night's Watch. What was this character's name? Okay, so 997th commander of the Night's Watch. Question four. The younger brother of Varamir Sixkins died three days before his second name day, and so in the wildling tradition, he was never given a proper name. But he was given a nickname by his older sister. What is that name? We are looking for the nickname of Varamir Sixkins' younger brother. And now for the fifth question. This knight of the Kingsguard is described as an ugly man, all scowls and jowls, but an adequate fighter who is nonetheless unhorsed by Jorah Mormont at the Lannisport tourney in 289 AC. Okay, so knight of the Kingsguard, all scowls and jowls, who could that be? Question six. This wise master from Yunkai finds himself in possession of a trio of new slaves in A Dance with Dragons. He's nicknamed the Yellow Whale and the Lord of Suet by Tyrion Lannister, but we want to know his actual name. So, we want to know the name of this wise master from Yunkai, and I have learned the pronunciation of Suet today. Which leads us into our seventh question. We first see this character at the inn at the crossroads when Catelyn seizes Tyrion. Although he volunteers to help Cat bring Tyrion to justice, this character is a typical sellsword and soon finds himself in Tyrion's employ. Okay, so a sellsword who we first meet in A Game of Thrones... And soon finds himself employed by Tyrion Lannister. Now, question eight. The young daughter of Winterfell's late master-at-arms was last seen as Theon's hostage on the walls of Winterfell and is now assumed to be a captive in the dungeons of the Dreadfort, which makes us really fear for her. And I think we talked about her, oddly enough, in that episode. Wow. So that's quite a great hint for everyone if you've listened to the latest Girls Gone Canon episode. Who is this captive in the Dungeons of the Dreadfort? A young daughter of Winterfell's late master. For question nine, this prominent member of Queen Silesia's Queen's Men hails from Stone Dance in the Crownlands and is high in King Stannis' council. 
In A Dance with Dragons, Stannis tells Jon Snow that he covets Winterfell and the Wildling Val, and once served King Robert as a squire. Okay, so a knight from Stone Dance who covets the Wildling Princess Val and once served as a squire to King Robert. Now, question 10. We don't know the actual name of this jailer on Dragonstone, but he was given a nickname by his one-time prisoner, Davo Seaworth, which is taken from a certain type of food that he once served. Based on his attire, he might somehow be connected to House Sunglass, but we're looking for his nickname. Yep, so that's the nickname of a jailer on Dragonstone and tied to food, as are many things in this series. Question 11. The bastard son of Lord Hornwood is considered a potential claimant for his father's seat when Lord Halley's and his true-born brother are all killed fighting with Rob. He was being fostered at Deepwood Mott and presumably remained there during Asha Greyjoy's occupation and after Stannis' liberation. Okay, so the name of the Bastard of the Hornwood. Do you remember it? Question 12. This is a character we meet in the first chapter of A Game of Thrones. He is described as slender, graceful, and quick, with eyes so dark they appear black, and he has a highly observant nature. Who is this character? We're looking for a very observant character who's introduced, once again, in the first chapter of A Game of Thrones, described as slender, graceful, and quick. Next we have, for question 13, a trickster from the Age of Heroes who is said to have winkled the Casterlies out of Casterly Rock with nothing more than his wits. What is the name of this legendary character? So the name of the character who winkled the Casterlies out of Casterly Rock. And as many times as we can say winkle in an episode, we will. Probably at least twice more. Oh, sure. <laughs> I'm hoping. So we can, okay. we can weave it into every question if you so desire. It's your podcast, Lady <laughs> Quinn. <laughs> well, on to question 14. We wish to winkle an answer from you <laughs> regarding which member of the Kingswood Brotherhood is reputed to have branded Merit Frey with her symbol on his buttocks. All right. So we're looking for a character who brands Merit Frey and is a member of the Kingswood Brotherhood. And so for question 15... We have Brienne of Tarth's father is the Lord of Evenfall on the Isle of Tarth. For half a point each, what is his given name and what is the special title granted to lords of Evenfall? Okay, so the father of Brienne of Tarth, we're looking for his given name and his special title. And that's it for our questions. We will be back in just a moment with the answers. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. And we're back here once again. We're going to go through the questions and this time we'll give you all the answers. And starting with question one, over to you, Ileana. All right. So if you'll recall, we asked you for a character in the Game of Thrones who was an important role in the free city of Bravos. And that character was Sirio Farrell, the first sword to the Sea Lord of Bravos. And that's half a point for the name and half a point for the role that he played. Okay, how many of you got that one? In Game of Thrones, Sirio tells Arya Stark, Nine years Sirio Farrell was first sword to the Sea Lord of Bravos. He knows these things. I don't recall the context of <laughs> what things he knows, but <laughs> Sirio Farrell knows things. So... Uh, there you go. That's the answer there. Remember, question two had to do with a fabulously rich and well-connected character from Marine who became a major part of Danny's arc uh, when she demanded 90 days and nights of peace from him, and he demanded a price from her. The price turned out to be marriage, and the character was Hisdar Zolorak. His star is a lyric, and as you'll remember from a dance with dragons, Danny winkled. No, Danny nodded, and his star strode forth, a tall man, very slender, with flawless amber skin. He bowed on the same spot where stalwart shield had lain in death not long before. I need this man, Danny reminded herself. His star was a wealthy merchant with many friends in Marine, and more across the seas. He had visited Volantis, Lies, and Karth had kin in Tolos and Illyria, and was even said to wield some influence in Yugis, where the Yunkai were trying to stir up enmity against Danny and her rule. And he was rich. Famously and fabulously rich. That's his Zarzalorak for you. So for question three then, we asked you for a former lord of a storied seat in the north. And he was also the 997th commander of the Night's Watch. You'll likely remember this man to be J.R. Mormont. Yeah, that's right. Uh, J.R. Mormont, Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, was a gruff old man with an immense bald head and a shaggy gray beard. There you have it. Former Lord of Bear Isle. Father to Sir Jorah. And 
Lord Commander during the first three books of the series. Question four was also a question from the north, only this a little bit farther north. Had to do with the younger brother of Varamir Sixkins, who died three days before his second name day, and so had never been given a real actual name. That was the wildling tradition. He was given a nickname by the older sister, and that name was Bump. Yes. So in A Dance of Dragons, we learn about Varamir Sixkins' background, and it's Lump, not Bump. Lump had been born a month before his proper time, and he was sick so often that no one expected him to live. His mother waited until he was almost four to give him a proper name, and by then it was too late. The whole village had taken to calling him Lump, the name his sister, Meha, had given him when he was still in their mother's belly. Meha had given Bump his name as well. But Lump's little brother had been born in his proper time, big and red and robust, sucking greedily at mother's teats. He was going to name him after father. Bump died, though. He died when he was two and I was six, three days before his name day. That's from that Veramir prologue in A Dance with Dragons. Some really great nicknames in that family. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad they didn't get to keep going. I know. Yeah. Actually, I I think Bump would have been a perfectly good name. We have Butter Bumps later on. Yeah. Bump's okay. Lump. Or actually earlier. The, the, <laughs> all the other possibilities <laughs> with that. Yeah. Bump, Lump, left and right. Yeah. But speaking of left and right, we have some other Kingsguard members here. We have a Knight of the Kingsguard in question five, who's described as an ugly man and is all scowls and jowls, but he's an adequate fighter and was nonetheless unhorsed by Jorah Mormont at the Lannisport tourney in 289 AC. And that is none other than Sir Boros Blount. Oh, everyone's favorite Boros <laughs> Blount. <laughs> the, the jowly king's card. <laughs> Uh, but as far as his uh, showdown with Jorah Mormont goes, we have this quote from A Clash of Kings where Jorah is telling Danny about the Lannisport tourney. I won joust after joust. Lord Jason Malister fell before me and Bronze Yon Roy, Sir Ryman Frey, his brother Hostine, Lord Went, Strongbor, even Sir Boros Blount of the Kingsguard. I unhorsed them all. Go, Jorah. Bunch of yeah, I, but not. <laughs> is Boros Blount truly that? I don't know. Are we that impressed? And the I phrase, know. I don't know. I I don't know how impressive, you know, some of those people are. But he's very proud. So. He was unstoppable. <laughs> now, for question six, it's back to Marine or Slaver's Bay anyways. This wise master from Yunkai, in A Dance with Dragons, found himself in possession of a trio of new slaves. Oh, that was a great transition from Jorah, because Jorah was one of them. One of the others of the trio was Tyrion Lannister, who nicknamed this fellow the Yellow Whale and the Lord of Suet. Um, we want to know his actual name. And his name is 
is Yezan Zokagaz. Yeah. Obviously, we're known as Yezan by the first name. And in Dance with Dragons, we learn of Yezan. Bold YOLO, bright penny, you were the property of the noble and valorous Yezin Zokagas, scholar and warrior, revered amongst the wise masters of Yunkai. Count yourselves fortunate, for Yezin is a kindly and benevolent master. That's from Tyrion in A Dance with Dragons. Uh, debatable regarding kindly and benevolent masters, but... Yeah, I don't know. You lucky little slaves, you... I yeah, guess. you! <laughs> isn't that so great? You are human property now. Yeah. The dream. There they are. Okay. <laughs> For question seven, then, uh, coming back to Westeros, we have a character who's first seen at the end of the crossroads when Catelyn sees a Tyrion. And, of course, he famously volunteers to help Cat bring Tyrion to justice. And he's a typical sellsword, but, you know, yeah. Gripping turn of events finds himself in Tyrion's employ. This, of course, is Bronn, who becomes later on Sir Bronn of the Blackwater, and later on even becomes a lord. Yes, quite the social climber, Bronn. In A Game of Thrones, Tyrion introduces Bronn to his father for the first time, saying, This is Bronn, a sellsword of no particular allegiance. He's already changed sides twice in the short time I've known him. So, story of Bronn. Question eight now. Had to do with the daughter of Winterfell's late master-at-arms, who was last seen as Theon's hostage on the walls of Winterfell, and is now assumed to be a captive in the dungeons of the Dreadfort. And the answer is poor little Beth Cassell. Lost the Cassell family. They deserve so much better. We, I guess, don't necessarily get confirmation as to Beth's whereabouts within the books proper, but from a So Spake Martin in 2001, we have George saying, Most of the women and children from Winterfell are still alive, though they are not in a good place by any means. Which is probably the source of our dread. <laughs> Fort. And Fort. Fort. <laughs> Yes, so hopefully we get an answer as to Beth's fate one day. But until then, you're going to get an answer to question nine, which is about a prominent member of Queen Selyse's Queen's Men, who is from Stonedance, which is in the Crownlands. This person is high in King Stannis's council, and in A Dance with Dragons... Stannis tells Jon Snow that this character covets Winterfell and the Wilding Val and had served King Robert as a squire. That character is Justin Massey. That's right. Justin Massey hails from Stone Dance, which can be found on Massey's Hook. Uh, in A Dance with Dragons, Stannis says to Jon, Horp and Massey aspire to your father's seat. Massey wants the wildling princess, too. He once served my brother Robert as a squire and acquired his appetite for female flesh. So we expect Justin Massey to be doing important things for Stannis in the Winds of Winter, seeing as how he's so high up in the king's councils. 
on to question 10, which has to do tangentially with another one of Stannis's counselors. We would like to know the name of the jailer on Dragonstone who was there when Davos Seaworth was being held in the dungeons. Davos gave him a nickname based on a certain type of food that he served. And the nickname, which is the answer we wanted, is Lamprey. Yes. Lamprey. Interesting animal that's going to come into play later again. But for now in A Storm of Swords, Davos 3, they would not even tell him their names. So he gave them names of his own. The short strong one he called porridge, the stooped sallow one, Lamprey, for the pie. He marked the passage of days by the meals they brought and by the changing of the torches in the sconce outside his cell. So that's in Davos's chapter where we have his jailer, which I thought was pronounced Gowler, in Dragonstone. <laughs> I'm learning a lot today on being on Radio Westeros regarding pronunciations. Well, I don't know about suet, but jailer is a jailer is an English word, so I'll defer to um, my my partner on that one. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, they it's one of those things people call them a reader's vocabulary. And I had a lot of that growing up and was constantly surprised. I'm like, oh, that's how you say that. Yeah, I still get that too because I yeah I have that exact thing. A lot of especially obscure words. When do you hear people actually say them? You read them. Yeah, like jailer spelled the English way. Would not have would not have figured that out <laughs> if not for today. Well, there we go. We hope everyone is learning things today. <laughs> and for question eleven, we asked you for the bastard son of Lord Hornwood. And he's considered a potential claimant for his father's seat when Lord Halley's and his true-born brother are all killed when they're fighting together with Rob. This bastard was fostered at Deepwood Mott and presumably stayed there during Asha's occupation and even after Stannis' liberation. And this character is Larence Snow. Larence Snow, we hear of him in a brand point of view in a clash of kings where it says sir roderick questioned the steward of deepwood mock closely about lord hornwood's bastard the boy larence snow this lad was near 12 and the steward praised his wits and courage and larence snow is one of my favorite minor, minor, minor characters. I think he's only mentioned once, but we mention him in our North Remembers episode. So if you want to find out what Larence Snow has to do with uh, the North remembering and the Great Northern Conspiracy, go check that one out. Uh, now we're up to question 12. This is a stumper. I thought that it was really interesting, actually, how you phrased this question. And I'm curious to see. Me too. How did you all do on question 12? This character who we first met in the first chapter of A Game of Thrones, that's Bran 1. He's described as slender, graceful, and quick, with eyes so dark they appear black, and he's highly observant. And the answer is Jon Snow. Gasp! 
And of course, that's because we don't see Jon Snow first from his own POV. We see him first from Bran's POV, where Bran describes him as Jon's eyes were a gray so dark they seemed almost black. But there was little they did not see. He was of an age with Rob, but they did not look alike. Jon was slender where Rob was muscular. Dark where Rob was fair. Graceful and quick where his half-brother was strong and fast. I thought that was so tricky, the way you did this, because obviously John's known for so many other things. He's one of the main characters of the series. <laughs> well, maybe a lot of people don't, you know, think of like the actual physical description that you get the first time you meet some of these characters. Um, that's often some information that might go by the wayside, I guess, as you fill in more information. So um, hopefully we were able to stump a couple people with that tricky wording. Yeah. I don't know. So devious. Let us know. <laughs> Just like a trickster from the Age of Heroes who's said to have winkled the Casterlies out of Casterly Rock, but nothing more than his wits. And the name, of course, of this legendary character is Lan the Clever. Yep, that's right. Lan the Clever. Uh, we first hear about him in A Game of Thrones, in Eddard VI, when he is reading a book about the history of the house, great houses of Westeros. It says, The Lannisters were an old family, tracing their descent back to Lan the Clever, a trickster from the Age of Heroes, who was no doubt as legendary as Bran the Builder, though far more beloved of singers and tale-tellers. In the songs, Lan was the fellow who winkled the Casterlies out of Casterly Rock with no weapon but his wits and stole gold from the sun to brighten his curly hair. It continues, Ned wished he were here now to winkle the truth out of this damnable book. Did you include that last part just to say winkled one last time? <laughs> I did. I wanted to be at like peak winkle capacity. So. <laughs> I'm glad. I respect that. <laughs> okay, so having said winkle way more than we probably should have, we're going to move on to question 14, which has to do with a member of the Kingswood Brotherhood who was reputed, nay, confirmed in his very own point of view chapter to have branded Merit Frey on the buttocks. And the answer is Wenda the White Fawn. Yes. Again, this confirmation comes from Merit Frey's infamous epilogue in A Storm of Swords. It's game-changing. No good ever came from dealing with outlaws. That vile little bitch, Wenda, had burned a fawn into the cheek of his arse while she had him captive. Tell us how you really feel, <laughs> Merit Frey. <laughs> it's just a scene that I love to imagine. I just... <laughs> Interesting. I wonder what this brand looks like. It sounds so ornate. <laughs> oh, good times <laughs> in Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> I thought you meant good times with what? Merit Frey being branded by outlaws. It's like, where are we going, Lady Quinn? <laughs> <laughs> well you know Song of Ice and Fire does change your perspective of the world and winkles you out of it <laughs> what's good, what's enjoyable 
So going back to a character potentially more moral and the father of Brienne of Tarth, who is the Lord of Evenfall on the Isle of Tarth. And so for half a point each, half a point for what is this character's given name and another half for the special title that is granted to the Lords of Evenfall, that is Selwyn Tarth, the Even Star. Yes, the Even Star in Catelyn, Clash of Kings, Sir Colin of the Greenpools tells Cat the first time we see Brienne of Tarth, that's Brienne of Tarth, daughter to Lord Selwyn, the Even Star. And that's it. And apparently it can be Brienne of Tarth or Brienne Tarth um, because confusingly their last name is also their place. So like this gets a lot of people hung up in the fandom, but we just got to go with it. Selwyn Tarth is the father. Brienne of Tarth is the daughter. And that's it. I got nothing more about the Tarth family. <laughs> so we are uh, through our 15 questions and our 15 answers. I wonder how you did. Did you get the softballs? Did we trip you up with our devious uh, description of Jon Snow with the Berenice names? Let us know how you did on our social media, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Let us know on Patreon if you're a patron. Let us know on YouTube if you're listening to this on YouTube. And thank you so much for being with me today, Eliana. Uh, why don't you let us know where to find you? All right. Well, thank you again for having me on here to join you instead of Yoke Boy. I was going to call him Lord Yoke Boy as you are Lady Quinn, but... Well, maybe now he is. Oh, true. Maybe he has married, married up into the, uh, into the, the nobility. Into the title, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Lord... Uh, Lord Yoke Boy and Lady Gwyn. Um, well, as you said, I'm Eliana, and you can find me on the Girls Gone Canon podcast, and of course on the Maester Monthly podcast as well, where we talk about cool things that people are seeing on the Song of Ice and Fire subreddit, where you could also find me as Glass Table Girl, and I guess you can also find me saying, I don't know, nonsense things like Yes, George was describing eating. It's not really insightful at all on Twitter as arithmetic. I'm not going to spell it. You're all going to have a great time trying to find it. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Uh, while you're at it, try to find me on Twitter. Too. Oh, yes. At Lady Guinevere. So you relate. Good luck with those things. Yeah, I relate. Yeah. Um, we'll just send you out there into the world trying to spell things that we can't convey to you here. <laughs> In the audio format. But we do hope you find us. Uh, definitely check out Girls Gone Canon. Uh, they have a great podcast where they are rereading by character arc. Uh, it's a very enjoyable way to consume the series. And uh, they're also on Patreon as well, as Radio Westeros is. And you can find us at RadioWesteros.com and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash radio westeros 
uh, consider being a patron of the podcast and you can help to support cool bonus features like these quizzes and uh, keep the podcast going. Thank you so, so much for joining us. This has been really fun and really enjoying having guests here for the quizzes. Uh, I think it's a good new tradition here at Radio Westeros. And speaking of traditions, I'll be back soon with another traditional episode of Radio Westeros. Look for that in the new year. For now, bye from all of us and Happy New Year!